0: Hi, and welcome to a special Combined Giants Splash and A's Plus podcast. I'm John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and it gives me great pleasure to chat with our Giants beat writer, Susan Slesser and our A's beat writer, Matt Kawahara, about the big changes in our Chronicle coverage in 2021. We discuss the players, the rosters, the managers, and the expectations heading into the new season. Well, it's my honor to kick off the podcast by welcoming and introducing Susan Slesser and Matt Kawahara. We've realigned our Chronicle Baseball coverage for 2021 with some amazing news that Susan, the longtime celebrated A's beat writer, has crossed the bay to become the Giants beat writer. Now, Susan covered the A's full-time since 1999, late 90s, named California Sports Writer of the Year a couple of years ago, uh, former president of the Baseball Writers Association of America, the only woman ever to hold that position. And I'm thrilled that Matt moves into the full-time gig covering the A's and his resume is also deep. He covered baseball a long time, including uh, five years at the Sacramento Bee with the Giants and the A's and the AAA Rivercats, who were affiliated with both major league teams here and then came to the Chronicle as a Raiders beat writer and spent a couple of years uh, with the team and the NFL. And then when they bolted to Vegas, we were lucky that he moved over to baseball. So, So he's back home and he was on the A's beat last year with Susan and returns as the beat writer this year. As for me, the Chronicle's national baseball writer, I'll focus on the Giants, but also be involved with the A's coverage. And I'm thrilled about that and looking forward to providing lots of great content digitally and in print. Hi, Susan.
1: Well, hello, John Shea. Um, Thanks for that very nice intro. I am excited about uh, sort of a new challenge after more than 20 years. I guess uh, we all uh, need to do something to stay out of a rut, especially after all this pandemic stuff, so new horizons. I do have to say, even though I know listeners probably don't want to sit around um, hearing us pat each other on the back, Matt Kawahara was such a lifesaver for me last year. Uh, as many people know, I broke my ankle during spring training. Matt stayed way longer than he was supposed to. Uh, I think you, you were scheduled for a week, right, Matt? And you wound up staying for, I think, basically a month. Had so to cover a pandemic. I, yeah. It was kind yeah, of interrupted. <laughs> yeah, had, to, had to cover a pandemic fresh onto the beat, uh, thrown into that, and uh, kind of a, not knowing how he was going to get back or if it was even safe. Etc. cetera. Uh, and then I think throughout the course of the season, I think Matt Cowra took um, exactly one day off. So he will work his butt off on this beat uh, like nobody else I've ever seen. So I'm excited to move over and kind of um, see things with a with fresh eyes and A's readers will be getting uh, one of the best and hardest working people around.
2: What do you say, Matt? Yeah, I'll just add that uh, when, when Susan made the announcement that she was going to be moving over to the Giants beat, um, the the reaction on Twitter, uh, I would say about 75 to 80 percent of the messages that I got were some variation of you have big shoes to fill or tough act to follow or, or something along those lines. So I know there's uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited as long as we can get the season started here. Well, good. Let's
0: let's uh, jump right into talking some baseball. I mean, spring training is supposed to start in mid-February in the opening day, uh, yeah. April 1st. Giants in Seattle, A's hosting Houston. But, uh, you know, it's baseball. So we always wait till the last minute to know exactly what's going to happen, the owners and players going at it. In this case, we don't know if there's going to be a DH or not a DH, expanded playoffs or not. The owners... Uh, pushed for 154 games uh, with a DH, full pay, but no guarantee of anything if the season was delayed or canceled. And the players said, no, we plan to start spring training on time and the season on time. So what about all this?
1: Yeah, it makes planning a little bit difficult for, for everyone in the baseball world. But, uh, you know, there are some legit concerns, and I think there's a, so much um, kind of ill will being established between the league and, ML, and uh, the union right now, dating back to last year with some of the things, uh, some of the negotiations about protocols. Uh, I think the union was pretty unhappy about some of the leaks in the last week or two. They felt came from MLB about the desire to push back the start of spring training and uh, apparently enlisting uh, Cactus League officials and uh, mayors of various different Arizona towns uh, to say they, they thought for health reasons they should push things back. Now, I don't I don't think anybody's going to argue that it's a poor idea to push things back if it's unsafe, but as uh, a lot of people noted, the mayor of Glendale, for instance, on that letter from the Cactus League, and not only are they playing hockey in Glendale, they're doing so with fans in attendance, 25% capacity. so uh, there's a lot of cynicism. There's increasingly uh, sort of bad blood between the MLB and the union. Doesn't say a lot, I think, about potential CBA uh, negotiations after this season. But remember last year, they really came to an agreement essentially right before play started. So we could have things all sort of change very last second. This is ongoing for sure. Uh, not friendly, but ongoing.
0: Yeah, and Arizona is saying, don't come. We're the hottest virus locale on the planet. But, Matt, you planning to go?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I think we both are, right, Susan? Mm-hmm. You, you and I are yeah. both planning on being down there. And as of right now, yeah, it's looking like uh, mid-February is in terms of, well, I think February 17th is the last day that uh, you can, pitchers and catchers can be there uh, doing their first workout. So um, that's the plan for the moment.
0: Meantime, we have to look forward to the season. And, uh, you know, the differences you will be experiencing with the the beat compared to previous years. Susan, for you, it's uh, covering the A's managers, most recently Bob Melvin, really, for almost a decade. And now you move on to Gabe Kapler.
1: Yeah, speaking about uh, big shoes to fill, I kind of joked around a little bit with Gabe about that. I was like, I expect you to be everybody is great to deal with as Bob Melvin, which is pretty much the <laughs> highest bar you could get pro sports because I don't think there's anybody better than the media or, or, you know, dealing with his own team or uh, base other baseball anxiety. You know, Bob's just the best in the business. Uh, I've actually known Gabe for a while. I wrote a couple of profiles on him last year uh, when he was hired. So uh, I've gotten to know him and, the, you know, it's fascinating what they're doing there. Of course, I, I know Farhan Zaidi really well from his time with the A's. Uh, they've Seem to have a plan. Uh, That's what I always like. And that's one of the reasons covering the A's for as long as I did was so fun. You could see the plan, you could see things take shape. And I think that's going on with the Giants. So yes, uh, a big change in Bob Melvin, who is as good as it gets in the business, but uh, I think Gabe Kapler showed last year that he could take a team and improve it. They approved over the course of the season. Uh, he's got a lot of ideas he's got a big personality and uh, I always I always enjoy that and he you know he seems very accommodating and very honest so so I'll take it.
0: Maddie you're going back to Bob Melvin you've had a relationship with him for quite a while but but looking at the season in general or specifically what what might be the biggest storyline or two on the A's uh, heading into spring training?
2: Yeah I think um, first of all it's just kind of whether this team is going to be able to contend again with all the players that they've lost. And it doesn't seem like they're uh, going to be able to, or going to be doing a lot to um, replace some of the biggest names that they've lost, like Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks, um, Robbie Grossman, uh, even Tommy Lastella moving across the Bay to the Giants. Um, these are players that were key to them the last couple of years, or uh, even just last season when they, when um, they, when they, when they won Yale the West in the, in the shortened year, so I mean, you would think that this is a team that even they do have that returning sort of young core of players with the the two mats on the corners. They have a most of their starting rotation is going to be back, um, and they do look like they are. You know, they're built to to still be a competitive team. But uh, I think the question is over the course of a, a supposedly long season, almost full length, if not full length season, whether they are built up to uh, to. Make another run at the division, or if they're going to be able to withstand all those losses. And I mean, that's what they've done for for a while now, right? Is they just they have depth, and if they if they lose somebody at the top, they just kind of plug somebody else in and and keep going. And Bob Melvin is obviously one of the main orchestrators of all that. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do that this year. I think that's number one. Um, I mean, uh, aside from the weather. We're going to be able to play a full season. Or if there's going to be interruptions and stuff like that, another question for me is just kind of what, uh, how Matt Chapman's going to return from uh, from the way his season ended last year with the hip surgery. Um, I mean, by all accounts, he's he's doing well. He's he's recovering right now, um, and uh, you know, being a couple of weeks away from from the start spring training, I think he's. Uh, I think the projections were he was going to be pretty much ready to go um, by the time everybody's getting down there to Arizona. But just what he's uh, if he's going to be able to return and, and move around the way that he was before um, he had some a, a few hitting struggles even last year before uh, before he went out with the hip so that'll that'll be something to keep an eye on too for the for the start of spring.
0: Well, Su- Susan, do you think Chapman and Olson are kind of ticked off that they that the 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 A's let Simeon walk?
1: I don't think they're surprised, but if I'm any member of the A's, uh, I'm not uh, very happy about Simeon taking off, especially considering. Uh, he signed a one year deal. Uh, no matter what the A's financial situation is, uh, if I'm them, I bring Marcus Simeon back on a one year deal, no questions asked. I would have paid more than Toronto paid. Uh, they didn't give them the qualifying offer. The, the Blue Jays offer was just a little bit below the qualifying offer. I was the A's I would have done the qualifying offer. I mean, a one-year thing when they've got very good young shortstops in their system, none of whom are major league ready, but who will be a year closer, and hopefully there will be a full season of minor league mm. play. Uh, I, I just, I'm baffled by that decision. Uh, Marcus is everything you want in a player, and including for the A's, local wants to be their team leader. Team representative with the union uh, last year during extremely difficult circumstances, helped everybody through that. Calm, zero ego, t- absolute ultimate team player. I mean, th- there's nobody that can say anything even slightly bad about Marcus Simeon, and then what he gives you on the field. they are missing two middle infielders. Now, I love Chad Pinder, but he hasn't played every day shortstop in the big leagues. I'm not sure if he is a big league shortstop every day. Um, and certainly what I know he can't do is play second and short at the same time. So <laughs> the, a- the A's have a lot of openings and they could have saved themselves a big headache. by. And I, this is not the front office by any means. This is coming from ownership.
0: So looking at the Giants, what are their big um, w- their wish list or the, the, the stories that are gonna dominate the headlines coming up here in, in February, if there is baseball in February?
1: Well, for the Giants, uh, the problem is that the real uh, dominators of headlines in the National League West, the Dodgers and the Padres, I'm not sure the Giants are in that league, but they are making really smart, quiet, incremental moves, including sign- signing Tommy Lascell, which should be announced any day now. Uh, and you know some of the other you know, disco, as, as you know, I love that. Um, a lot of really nice, smart, low-cost moves. I think of the six guys after Listella that will be significant additions. Uh, it's just a commitment of under $20 million for, for all of next season for all of those new guys. So what are the giants? That's really the sp- storyline for me this year. Okay. Are they a team that is still contending last year? They went basically right down to the final They just missed out. Uh, if there's expanded playoffs, maybe they're a team that could sneak into expanded playoffs. If something goes wrong with one of the top two dogs, maybe they could sneak in. As I mentioned earlier, they got better throughout the course of even a short short pandemic season and uh, they have question marks sure a lot of it revolving around pitching they've got three guys who are major contributors to you know championships and big names who might not be back after the season that's another storyline with Crawford Belton of course Buster Posey so that's (laughs) something to keep an eye on but more than anything they need to get young guys time and they need to um, position themselves which they're doing already very well beyond this season because i think that the plan is a good one they've got a lot of good pieces and uh maybe they sneak in as long as they keep it interesting and keep betting getting better i think that's their main
0: thrust well susan can you weigh in on what giant fans can expect from tommy listella three-year deal he's crossing the bay and you know crawford and belt a couple infielders who hit left-handed but solano and longoria They hit right-handed. The Giants didn't really have a left-handed bat coming off the bench to spell either of those two right-handed batters. LaStella does hit left-handed. And played a lot of second. Can he also play third?
1: Yeah, he can play third. He can play first, which is very interesting, you know, considering it's a three-year deal. Belt might not be back after this Mm year. He's such a superior hitter. Uh, A little, not a switch hitter, obviously, but a little reminiscent of Jed Lowry and the quality of at-bats not afraid to go deep into account. And he's such a great contact hitter, you know, almost never strikes out. He's gotten better as he's aged. Uh, you know, he's also a very accomplished pinch hitter from his days with the Cubs. So even if he's not starting the game and I, I you know, he's, he's definitely going to be the, essentially the everyday second baseman from what I can tell, but he's going to come off the bat late in games when he doesn't start and put up a quality at bat very, very unlikely to strike out doesn't even from big contact guy doesn't even hit into that many double plays so johnson's are going to love him steady smart not you know not a big personality never going to be a problem in the clubhouse you know very well respected does his job just a gamer kind of guy uh, and i again very smart move
0: we'll be back with more of our combined giant splash a's plus podcast right after this quick break You know the rotation makeup couldn't be more different on the Giants and A's. Giants have all these free agent signings, and they're all going to be free agents again after the season. Cueto's has the longest contract, obviously, and his runs out after the season. Um, And then the A's have nothing but young and mostly homegrown guys. And and Maddie, what uh, what do you see out of the rotation? No matter what they do with Semien, is this going to be a a team? And no matter what Chapman and Olsen do, is this going to be a team that will go just as far as the rotation gets them.
2: I mean, I think if they uh, if they can get kind of that expected incremental improvement um, out of the guys that they're so like you said, most of them are pretty young. Jesus Luzardo was a rookie last year. He finally uh, you know, made the jump to the, to the big leagues, and it was a uh, a short season, but he showed. I would say it was it was kind of an inconsistent season, but um, he definitely showed flashes of like being the Top of the rotation guy that they've expected that he can be. So um, if he can be maybe a little bit more consistent at the top, um, they have uh, Frankie Montes coming back who was also a little bit up and down. I mean, everybody was a little bit up and down last year, but you don't know how much of that was due to just the weirdness of the season. Um, and obviously that's going to happen where you fluctuate a little bit usually over the course of the year so. Um, those two guys uh, there's the question of whether AJ Puck is going to be healthy enough to kind of fill that uh, fifth rotation spot which I think uh, was the idea although you got to see Susan's idea of using him as the closer is going to come to pass Um, and yeah I mean it's it's definitely an intriguing idea it's not like they have a a clear-cut replacement for Hendricks uh, otherwise unless you're looking right at Jake Diekman but uh, but Chris Bassett, obviously, was a great uh, kind of a breakthrough guy last year. So, yeah, I think if, if all of those guys can be uh, can be fairly steady, um, you know, the, the, it sets up well for them. Although the, you just kind of – you wonder a little bit how they're going to handle. And, and this is not just the A's. It's probably, you know, mostly league-wide um, because last year was so weird and because starting pitchers threw so few innings um, – I think it, and it'll probably be a little bit team to team but how are teams going to handle their starting pitchers uh are, are guys going to be on a little bit of a shorter leash are they going to be managing workloads a little bit are you going to need more depth where you have like a a six starter that you plug in every once in a while or are they going to rely really heavy on the bullpen uh in the early going and how does that affect them later on in the year so um i mean if they can if they can have those reliable starters there that that helps a lot i, I I mean, you look a little bit at the, uh, the starting pitching depth that the A's have, and it's not um, – I mean, they have some guys that are uh, coming up through the minors who I think, you know, could uh, could potentially be there. They, have, You know, they saw Dal- uh, Dalton Jeffries last year and uh, Paul Blackburn. Um, those kinds of guys are there. Uh, but, yeah, I think if they can have the the reliable – rotation uh that'll that'll be big for them but there there are some just question marks in in terms of uh how how they're going to handle them or how they're going to use them
0: yeah what really intrigues me is this uh, farhan zaidi angle and the former a's executive and then four years as dodgers gm and now running the giants the last few years and his influence across the Bay and what he might have learned on how to run a ball club from Billy Bean and David Forst, and, and how he's applying that to what's going on now, because man, I see a lot of similarities between how Zaidi runs a team and how the A's have been run, Susan.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, clearly he, he values a lot of the same metrics. Uh, I think they're probably going after a lot of the same guys. We can see that just with Listella, the A's had said, Esteella well, was right at the top of their wish list. Now that was before uh, obviously they, they decided they uh, ownership decided they have no money. Uh, but also I think you know the Zaidi is not going to have a lot of huge swings and misses. He can afford to do that now, you know, certainly when he was with the Dodgers and now that he was with the Giants. But he's going to be more cautious than some of the um, big market teams typically are, especially when it comes to free agents. We're, we're seeing that. And uh, he is looking in places that maybe some of the bigger market teams aren't necessarily looking. And I think that's to to put a lot of pieces in place. So when they decide they really can go for it, they can then go out and spend massively if they want to on say a Lindor or or Correa or someone like that next off season, which I would anticipate. You're not gonna see him go after a Trevor Bauer right now. Sure, they've had talks, like if they could have gotten him on the cheap, maybe. Uh, if they could even still do something long-term and, uh, you know, reasonable, maybe they would consider something like that, but they're not really going to be players for a massive uh, free agent right now. I think they're going to build the bulk of this team through the uh and very good drafts recently. A lot of guys um, who are ranked in the top 100. And they're going to add some very nice guys coming back uh, as uh, sort of rehab guys. Um, the A's always love doing that. He's shown he likes doing that, uh, and guys who, who are kind of overlooked. So uh, it's a it's a plan I'm very familiar with.
0: Well, can I ask each of you if you could name two or three prospects that we might see in 2021 who could be difference makers? Matt, you want to start?
2: Yeah. Um... I guess, uh, well, first of all, I, I guess it depends on whether you still consider A.J. Puck a prospect or not. Just sure. I haven't seen him yet. Um, I think he's a guy who could, uh, I mean, he's been expected to be a difference maker now for uh, for a couple of years, but he's been delayed by um, by the injuries and uh, by surgery. Um, and if he can kind of stick with him and be healthy this year, I think uh, obviously that'll that'll be a big thing for them. Um you know, they, they had a sort of a, an opening or after Robbie Grossman left, it, it was looking like they, they could maybe use a sort of a left-handed corner hitting outfielder or left-handed hitting corner outfielder. And uh, Luis Pereira is a guy who's been in their system for a little bit and um, has, you know, has hit pretty well at, at all levels um, and potentially uh, could contribute. But then they, they went out in the rule five draft and they, uh, they got uh, Kai Tom, who is all, another left-handed hitting corner outfielder. And obviously he's going to have a chance to to make the big league club in spring training. So that'll be an interesting thing to look at. Um, and then you just look at the shortstops. I mean, like Susan mentioned, um, Nick Allen is probably uh, the kind of closest um, shortstop prospect to the, uh, to being ready, but he hasn't played above Abel. Um And he's, the defensive whiz and everything is you, you would expect that, you know, his defense is probably closer, but in terms of just being able to stick up there as a hitter um, is a big question. And, and Logan Davidson has had one season in, in the minors. And um, so are probably none of those guys are, are quite ready yet, but, um, but, you know, could you potentially see maybe a Nick Allen at, at some point? Uh, I think that's, that's a question. And obviously they have to figure out just what they're going to do with shortstop in general. So. Those are a couple of guys, maybe to to just keep in the back of mind.
0: Well, the Giants, uh, and I've been covering them for a long time, don't always have these prospects that show up very high, or if at all, in in these uh, top fifty, top one hundred charts, and uh, for top prospects around. But but Keith Law put one together in which there are four of them named. I mean Marco Luciano and uh, Joey Bart, of course, who who came up and struggled a bit. with the Giants last year. Elliott Ramos, the center fielder, and um, Seth Corey, the pitcher, uh, broke the top 100. Uh, Susan, do you, do you see any of those uh, – I mean, I, I guess Bart, but any of the others uh, showing up and making an impact this year? Well,
1: you know, it's so hard to really project this year for top minor leaguers uh, because – Most of them got very little playing time last year. Certainly, you know, even the alternate sites, those were not ideal uh, competitive. I think most teams, especially a team like the Giants that wants to get a lot of playing time for its top minor leaguers, might be really, really tempted to just leave a lot of those guys playing at at AAA or uh, AA or whatever uh, all season. But, yeah, I do think some of those guys, uh, you know, if they're injuries, if there's an opportunity where they could come up and they would also still be getting significant playing time, sure, they would come up, you know, if there were a need. I think they definitely would like to get Joey Bart um, much more minor time. I think that's clear. Uh, But, you know, somebody like Ramos could come up and if there was an injury. Sean Jelly is somebody who I think Mm -hmm. is pretty close to getting a call-up. Certainly, depending on where the Giants are in the standings in September, uh, they could bring up a flood of guys and play them virtually every day if they're out of it. If they're in it, uh, it's another question. You you know, do you, Once the playoffs are over in the minor leagues, uh, depending on whatever their schedule looks like and whatever the major league schedule looks like, who knows? Uh, some of those guys you like to bring up for at least for a little bit for the experience of being in a postseason run. So, yeah, they, they do have some pretty exciting young talent I just think that this year it's probably going to be focused more on getting them good quality minor league experience and get them completely ready for next year.
0: That's where Joey Bart's going to start in the minors. They picked up the catcher, Kurt Casale from the Reds free agent deal just because they realized Bart just needs more seasoning. A couple of injuries during his pro career kind of shelved him. So he's not really on the track that Buster Posey, once was but uh how, how do you how do you to see your teams the teams you're covering uh in 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 the divisions they're in i mean the the a's had a great year in the west last year the giants under 500 for the fourth straight year obviously the dodgers are very good the padres loaded up like crazy but uh, can the a's repeat after losing such a good closer and such a good shortstop matt
2: yeah, I mean that's the big question right and you know that the Astros are going to be there um and even with uh Springer going to Toronto they they've Michael Brantley uh they're uh, they have is supposed to come back uh so I, they look like kind of the the main competition there in the division although the the Angels um they've kind of you know the the question with them is always whether they can uh, whether they can pitch because their lineup is so stacked. Um, and I think they've made at least one addition there. So uh, it's something to, to look out for, but yeah, I mean, the, the A's, the question with them uh, is just whether they can withstand all of those, um, all of those losses. Um, so I think, you know, closer is, is maybe not as uh, even though Liam Hendricks was great the last two seasons, uh, the, the biggest question I think is what we touched on is just up with the middle infield, what they're going to do there. Um, shortstop and even second base uh, a little bit, even though they have a couple of pieces you can come back and platoon at second. Um, shortstop is great if they don't add anybody. Just what are they going to do there?
0: So is it third place for the Giants, Susan? Is that the best they could do?
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, expanded playoffs. I mean, you know, it's so, unless yeah. something goes drastically wrong you know, with, with one of those top teams. And uh, I mean, those are two superior teams on paper, but uh, you know, that's what they say. Uh, you don't play the games on the, on paper. So we'll see the giants have a good competitive club. And I think they could make it, you know, kick stick around enough to make it interesting, which is what they'd really like and maybe uh, get some excitement going, especially if fans maybe start getting into the park at the end of the season. They, they put in plans for what that might look like at Oracle Park, so uh, I, I think that that's that's really going to be the focus. Keep close, make it interesting, and and uh, hey, if somebody else slips up, maybe the Giants will be right there.
2: Yeah, I would say with the A's, the A's usually find a way to be there, um, whether mm-hmm. whether they lose uh, guys or not. And and uh, as we said, they they do have um, sort of the the pitching that'll that'll probably be the backbone for them. So um, if they can keep they're uh are regulars they uh, their stars on the corners healthy i think uh you know they'll, they'll find a way to at least be competitive um but just wh- whether they can withstand those losses or not
0: yeah with nolan arenado moving out of the division the, the giants are ecstatic because i think he hits 800 against them and uh, 280 against the rest of the team teams but uh it's going to be interesting because this is an up-and-coming giants team, and with that transition of uh, Posey and Belt and uh, Crawford entering possibly their final year. But I do think if there was one person they would bring back, it would be Brandon Belt. He's their kind of player. I mean, this coaching staff loves uh, the way Belt approaches the strike zone. They love the fact that he'll draw a walk. Hey, they'll love the fact that. He'll take a strike three if it wasn't a pitch he could drive. And that's, I think, a different philosophy than the previous coaching staff, which really wanted him to swing the bat more. But uh, Belt really is is loved by this staff, and his defense is top-notch. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the – maybe the only guy to return, but it's going to be a, uh, an amazing transition year for the Giants and for the Chronicle staff, uh, Henry Schulman. A longtime Giants beat writer has stepped aside and spoke with a lot of people on the Giants side who who said uh, you know they're sad to see Henry leave, but they're uh, really glad that Susan is uh, coming aboard and that Henry walked away on his own terms and you know good for him. He's been with this uh, this program of ours for such a long time uh, covering the Giants, and I've sat beside my partner for. Since 1988, so it's going to be a transition for me as well. Anything to uh, to, to say about Henry as we close here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, what a loss to the Chronicle, and honestly, for all of us personally, Henry's as good a friend as he is a teammate, uh, and absolutely the best teammate ever. Um, also, our meetings now, our staff meetings, will be so much shorter because Henry tended to to be the person <laughs> doing most of the talking in staff meeting, and I gonna John or Matt, you're going to have to pick a face, I think, when we have staff. But yeah, no, I'll love Henry. As you know, it's in our business, you, you run into people that tend to be either really good reporters or really good writers. Um, it's pretty unusual to see both uh, of those abilities in equal measure. And he is just a, as good a writer, great a writer as he is a reporter. Uh, and so we're, we're going to miss him and, and uh, I, big shoes for me to fill, quite frankly
2: yeah I mean he set such a high standard for uh for beat writing i mean I remember uh when I was at the um when I was at Cal and writing for the school paper there I was covering the cal baseball team and i would like i would read henry's uh game stories and just try to um sort of emulate the way that he was able to weave kind of what happened in the game together with like the greater context of what was going on with the team or just bigger themes that um that were like just effortlessly weaved into uh, the game stories that he wrote, so um yeah it's a, it's a high standard to to try to live up to, but um uh, he did it really well for a really long time,
0: yes, yeah, Susan. I'm not sure if you knew that your job title was to tweet about politics and screaming babies on airplanes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'll work on that, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: But uh, well, thank you so much for the time, Susan and Matt, and I'm so looking forward to hanging out with both of you in the press box and beyond. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks everyone for joining us on this combined Giant Splash A's Plus podcast. And a reminder that Susan, Matt and I will continue providing coverage of the Giants and A's through Chronicle podcasts and newsletters, along with our usual digital and print coverage as we approach the 2021 season.